Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. If we burn ourselves, we cannot heal that burn if we are still on the flame, right? That would be silly to put salve on a burn and then put our hand right back on that stove. The same is true for healing our bodies. If you've changed the way you eat and are moving your body daily, but still lacking that energy and in constant pain, and you can't lose the weight, then maybe it's time to remove your hand from the fire. If this is something you need help with, go to transformingwomenshealth.com and click on Vitality Accelerator. We are helping women boost their body's natural detox, accelerate fat loss with ease, and reverse aging naturally. Why are we offering this? Well, number one, community. We are 95% more likely to achieve our health goals when we are surrounded by like-minded women. Genes are not our destiny. We know through these steps we can prevent and reverse chronic disease. No more guesswork and no more gimmicks. We know working with an expert coach gets us results faster with simple lifestyle changes. And lastly, the new normal. This last year has taught us how important our health is. Now is the time to revitalize. Check us out at transformingwomenshealth.com and click on Vitality Accelerator. Hello, how is everybody? Look, I am in my Arizona home. We have done a little shift in around the countryside today. Welcome to the Toxin Terminator. I am so excited for today's broadcast because we are are really in such a tumultuous time in our world today. And as women, we bear the weight of all the emotions of the family on our shoulders. And my guest today is really going to be able to expand on so much that uh, relays to emotions and how we deal with them, how we handle them and all that there is to learn about emotions. Before we get to our guest, make sure that you are subscribing to the channel. Um, go to whatever your favorite podcast plat podcast platform is and hit that subscribe button. And if you are on iTunes and Apple, make sure to leave a rating and a review. The uh, August is my two-year anniversary with the Toxin Terminator and each week, I am going to read a review out loud. That person who left that review is getting a free one-hour consult with me. I, it's uh, virtual, but I'm live in your house, helping you walk room by room and identifying hidden toxins in your home. So without further ado, let me read this to you. Excellent. Excellent material that is delivered with credibility and compassion. I am a current cancer patient, and these episodes have already been life-changing. That so warms my heart to hear that. Valerie Clear, you are this week's winner of the virtual tour through your home, so make sure you message me, and I'll get that loaded up for you. So without further ado, I want to bring Megan on to the broadcast. Hey, Megan, thanks for coming in. 
Thank you. I love the intro. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get that energy vibe going. So so Megan is a functional movement, uh, or she's a wellness and life coach. And her focus is on functional movement of the body, optimizing that as well as opening movement of energy and emotion through the body in order to create space, uh, congruency, and rebuild habits. I just, in hearing that alone, I'm like, sign me up, please. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Go right ahead. (laughs) Well, you know, for so many of us, I I know when I first started learning about energy um, way later in life, but I learned how we have to afford space. In order for energy to move, we have to have space, not just within our body, but within our homes, our, you know, all this area. And it just didn't even dawn on me. Um, so I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, creating space, like you said, in the home, as well as in the joints, as well as like when we're thinking about mobility, I imagine myself creating space in the joints, um, digestion. And then when you think about emotion itself being truly a biochemical process, right? It's neurology. It's not this intangible thing. If that gets trapped in your body and it's not flowing properly, it's hard to build on top of that any kind of discipline habits that are going to push you forward or push the needle forward. So for many of us, it takes opening up emotional channels and getting rid of the gunk that we don't need in order to actually change our habits. And and that is the reason that many of us have trouble with discipline is that we're going against the grain rather than changing the direction of the grain and making it feel easy. No kidding. Now, listen, um, folks, you need to check out um, Megan's... um, uh, personal profiles via Facebook or Instagram. Um, this is a woman who definitely has some discipline in her life and knows what she's talking about when she's sharing with us today. And emotions can be a toxin. And this is why I bring emotions into the podcast repeatedly over and over again. Um, what goes on up inside our head between the two you know, ears can have more relevance on our body than what we're actually putting into the body. Um, and, and so it's it's really an important topic that we address and understand fully, and there's so many facets to it. But one of the things I, I really enjoyed learning about you and um, was how you define emotion. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate with that? Yeah, I think we've probably all heard the quote, you know, emotion is energy in motion. And I heard that for several years before it really dawned on me that a lot of the problems I was struggling with in my life, I've a long, long history of severe anxiety and depression, heading into an eating disorder in college, really needing to choose life coming out of that, knowing that. Uh, and then for years after that, struggling with binging and body image, body dysmorphia, um, bone loss, amenorrhea, all of these things, and mm. trying to get to the root of like, what was it about me that that gave me these issues uh, and realizing that trapped emotion can be a huge part of it, things that are completely unprocessed mm-hmm. and getting to the root of those things, but then also simultaneously understanding that trauma release doesn't have to be a long process. It can be like a chiropractic adjustment. You can actually let those adjust, those emotions out quite immediately when you finally address what's just beneath the ice. And I think we have this assumption that especially now as we're moving into um, 
really normalizing mental illness and mental health. And we have all these campaigns for people to seek help and ask for help and making it okay. And that's all wonderful. It's great. But the problem with that narrative, in my opinion, is that it normalizes this paradigm that it takes time and that having Mm -hmm. grace, having grace for yourself actually sort of becomes and starts to become the same thing as not being an advocate for yourself. In other words, you know, uh, oh, it takes so much time. I should be on these meds. I should just be, you know, have grace with myself rather than really getting curious about, you know, how can I be more aggressive about my own healing because I want to live now. Right. Well, and that can be used as a crutch, you know, honestly, to, to not have true healing because either A, we're not ready for it. B, you know, we're just, we're, I think it's just a, we're not ready for it. It's just really not the time and the place. And and you're going to hang on to whatever crutch you can grab a hold of mm-hmm. in order not to face whatever it is that you need to face. I like, uh, somebody had told me quite some time ago that when we try to fight emotions, I grew up in the era that we had good and bad emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, and and there were emotions that you allowed to be seen, and there were emotions that you didn't allow to be seen. And when I was older, and I learned that we need emotions are just simply emotions. There's not right, wrong, bad, evil, good, nothing like that. When we have an emotion to to feel that, I am so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, to, to feel that emotion, just let it sink in and feel it, and let yeah. it pass on through. Mm-hmm. Right there, I think somehow because if we don't let it pass on through, is that when it's getting blocked? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I page. Yes, I like to think of it very much like digestion. Right? I mean, we all know that if we don't have digestion regulated, it's really a, quite literally a pain in the ass. Like it doesn't feel good. <laughs> doesn't feel good. Everything's out of whack. We're so quick to take medication to fix it. Like it is not fun to be constipated because it sucks. Right. And yet we're walking around emotionally constipated and we have all of the symptoms of that. We have all of the symptoms of that, but we don't know it. So we feel, um, stress, we feel anxious, we feel depressed, we are engaging in habits and behaviors that are actually the opposite of what we want to create in our lives. And we're like, Oh, why do I keep doing that? Why can't I follow through? Why can't I keep going to the gym? Why do I keep getting into abusive relationships? Like, what is it that I'm attracting that isn't allowing me to be the person I want to be? And in a lot of cases, it's it comes down to what we call the big six, which are kind of the top six negative emotions, which are anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, and shame. And one of the very first things I do with a client is usually releasing the big six. And in many cases, whether this is your belief system or not, they won't be from your lifetime. We're carrying burdens that aren't, they're not ours to carry. Because when you have a significant emotional event in the body, it creates altered physical biochemistry in the body, which if it isn't able to pass through, like you said, if it's pushed down, and if it's trapped, which it's normalized to push down because where we we ignore, we don't allow ourselves to cry, we don't allow ourselves to process, it will get trapped in the body. And in many cases, it can get trapped in a specific part of the body, leads to chronic pain, leads to mm-hmm. you know mental health disorders, and also like physical autoimmune disorders. So we're yep. walking representations of this constipation that we have. And we're still asking all of the wrong questions, like which pill do I need to take? Which doctor do I need to go to? Rather than is there something deep within me that hasn't been addressed? I had a session yesterday with a client, one hour, one hour. We did the big six 
Right. And she went to some significant emotional events during her childhood and, and not her life. She went and whether you believe in past life regression or not, one of the presuppositions of the unconscious mind is that it's very symbolic, which means that it will create symbolism to show you what you need to release. So if you have a memory from 17 lifetimes ago about anger and it allows you to get the learnings and release the anger, you could take the actual event with a grain of salt and know that your brain might've made it up, but your brain and your body are self-healing, which means they're always presenting like clues for you in order to heal pain, disease, autoimmune, uh, like what we like to call irrational negative emotion, right. irrational negative responses to people triggering. What do yeah. we love to push down? We don't want to be triggered. We see it as a negative thing because it's been perceived of that way. Triggering is like having a fever. It's a symptom of something that is being healed or needs to be healed. And the more we push down emotional triggers because they're not that fun, rather than digging right. into them and leaning into them and saying what needs to come out, well, then they become physical symptomology. And then right. we have on all of this medication, autoimmune is through the roof, chronic pain is through the roof, mental health disorders are through the roof. And still no one is asking the question, does this have anything to do with socially acceptable standards on emotional release. Mm. I believe that as the one, the whole thing is there. There are physical reasons to be ill, but you're also going to be more susceptible structurally and in in terms of infection, it, you know, when you're when your immunity is weakened by all of this as well. Trapped emotion. So I want to go back because you're like talking really fast. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. It's, I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. I, and, and, and it's a great passion. I love how you talk about these symptoms of emotional constipation. So stress, anxiety, not, um, I want to tap into that. You know, the, you talked about when your lifestyle what you're choosing to do on a daily basis does not match up to your morals or ethics or desires, right? Yeah. When, when you have this thought in your mind that this is how I want to live. I'm a perfect example of it. I'm the toxin mm -hmm. terminator, right? I'm a health coach. And then sometimes I eat horribly. Yep. I would never coach a client to eat the way I do, mm -hmm. but I do it. So what you're saying to me is there's there's some trapped emotions inside there that are leading that that emotional constipation, right? In many cases, yeah. I mean, there's other factors too, like the fact that shitty food is addictive. I mean, there are so many interrelated <laughs> factors, so many factors. Yeah. I will say that like there isn't a human in the world that doesn't have a trapped emotion. Right. Um, it depends on how much of an issue it's causing. Uh you know, but for me getting to the root of, and this is returning to the whole, why are my behaviors not following my desires for my life? This right. was the question I brought myself to in college. I was studying biological anthropology, which I have a degree in. So I was learning about human brain evolution mm -hmm. and seeing how the conscious mind structurally, when it separated and developed separate from the unconscious mind and seeing, okay, there's a struggle for safety and thriving. There's a struggle for, um, what is, you know, basically, yeah, survival. The unconscious mind wants right, to survive. Right. The problem is that how it defines survival is usually not necessary, if that makes sense. So when you're really, really young, you mm -hmm. internalize, you internalize and you interpret things unconsciously and based on your environment, who's around you, you make definitions about what's safe and what isn't. And it's usually not mm -hmm. true. 
Uh, And so that, that will lead to certain behaviors. So for me, the huge question I asked myself, I remember sophomore year of college, looking into the mirror and seeing how sick I was, knowing Mm -hmm. I was going to have osteoporosis, knowing I hadn't had a period in six years, knowing I wanted to have kids and that I I had to fix this now, knowing that Mm -hmm. it could kill me and that it was going to, if I didn't stop, whether at a young age or immediately just ruining my quality of life. I began to ask myself the question because I knew I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to run 10 miles because I don't know how to not do it. And I asked, and this is when I started crossed over into studying addiction as well. I asked myself, how can I know what I want, know what I need to do to get what I want and still not do it. And in my experience coaching people in fitness, business, whatever it is, that is the question I continue to return to that everybody wants to answer. Why am I not doing what I know I need to do? It's like the bane of the human existence. Right. And for me, there's two main reasons. One being extra gunk that needs to be released emotionally, which fills our plate so that mm-hmm. when we try to when we try to put more on our plate, we're building we're we're stacking bricks on a really badly built structure of bricks and then it keeps collapsing rather than clearing the foundation and rebuilding with only the good bricks. And the other thing is incongruency, which is when even bricks within you, whether they're all good or whatever, they're incongruent. So an example for a couple of weeks back, I had a client who wanted to, she wanted to create more profit in her business. Her highest business value was integrity. And for her, integrity and profit were opposites. So Mm. you want to keep integrity, you want to keep profit, but if they're opposing one another, that incongruency is also going to lead to not strong decision-making, not good action-taking, incongruent behavior. Um, so for me, the process is a, a, it's a two-way process, continuously interacting of release and rebuild. And, right. and, during, and during that process, aligning the pieces that you have added and left in there. So you're creating space and then you're organizing what's left in the space. Hello, everyone. We are celebrating the two-year anniversary of the Toxin Terminator, and I am so excited. And I know for myself, I had headaches every single day of my adult life, and I suffered from migraine headaches several times a week. Just simply removing the toxins from the laundry room and the kitchen eliminated those symptoms that I was experiencing. Toxins are the number one contributor disease and we've got to take our hand off the fire and that's why I'm so excited to be able to give away these free in-home virtual walkthroughs yes I'll be walking room by room live with you helping you to identify those hidden toxins that are causing illness for you and your family simply leave a review for the toxin terminator podcast and if your name is drawn I'll be seeing you in your home you're you're just describing it out so well uh, uh, you know with the plate and and the you know the bad building blocks and the the foundation you know to to start with you're ta- you tapped into congruency um yeah. here and and one of the things or no it wasn't congruency let's keep with emotions i apologize and okay. no <laughs> i i want to keep with that because Emotions get trapped and we, we've talked about, we can see it with the chronic pain. We can see it with the mental health issues that, that so many people and the autoimmune. I, I was reading a study here on autoimmune disease that said that there are over 200 diagnosed autoimmune disease, different kinds of autoimmune disease I know. now. 
And every day there's, there's more and more, it seems. That's, that's insane. So you said the top six were anger, sadness, fear, hurt, uh, guilt, and shame, guilt Mm -hmm. and shame. Um, so these are the, these are the kind of the top trapped emotions that we have. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And, and usually they will have attachment to other emotions. So releasing the, these six often will actually take other ones out with it. So I've had a clients who had this very charged emotion of worthlessness, for example. And after we do the big six, it disappears. Not always yeah. the case, not always the case, but, but sometimes, uh, and pretty much any emotion that you're feeling can, can be boiled back down to one of those six, whether if it's resentment, mm-hmm. irritability, Frustration, those are all iterations of anger, which most women will express resentment or frustration uh, because it's less acceptable generally for women to feel anger, which is why anger being the first one is actually a really, really, really fun process for women. I had a breakthrough a couple of weeks back and I borrowed my friend's punching bag because this woman, (laughs) she needed to move the anger through her body. She had so much. She was raped as a child. There was so much in there that she, no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I'm going to show the world that I'm strong. I'm going to show the world that I'm strong, but I can't make money and I don't know what I want and I'm not happy in my skin. Sometimes you got to let That's, it out. Yeah. We had a, a question. I like the emotional constipation and I've never heard that before. It makes a lot of sense. How do I, as a mom, help my kids who mm-hmm. have ADHD, depression, and PTSD? It has yeah. been a struggle to understand where they are emotionally. Yeah, I think the first thing when you're talking about kids is to to do the work yourself, in my opinion, so you can understand it and then teach it to them. And then one of the very first things I do with clients, which you can do with children as well, and I'm astounded the more and more I realize that this is probably not in the fundamental education system for young, young children. And I know this because when I ask someone, what emotion are you feeling? Nine times out of 10, it takes them five tries to even land on a, on a word that is an emotion. Like I'm feeling um, like we don't know what emotions are, you know? So if we can do more emotional awareness with ourselves and freely be not just teaching our kids how to do it, but being an example of, I can express my emotions safely with you. There is a way to do it. That is safe. That's not going to harm you. It's okay for me to cry in front of my kids. It's okay for me to be angry in a safe way. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course, making that distinction because we have these ideas about appropriateness about, okay, well, we don't want to have a tantrum in public, but rather than scolding the child and saying, you know, can't do this right now, right now, you know, make that distinction of having a clear process for them to go home and when they're in private, get it out. Same as you close the door and use toilet paper and have privacy when you're going to the bathroom. We need to see that same process. So if you mean, really, if you use an analogy to going to the bathroom. It's perfect because we do it in private. It's kind of a, a public taboo, um, but we've found a way. We found a way to make sure that we're still getting it done. And we don't do that with our emotions, you know? Uh, right. And, 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 and also understanding as a parent, it's a conversation I had with someone who was just here for a session yesterday. Yesterday. Um, a lot of anger in there for her mother and their, her parents' separation and drugs and all of these things that she went through and just realizing that, especially now that we're learning more and more about trauma and all of that in the last five, 10 years, I think more and more people are saying, oh, I'm afraid to have kids. I don't want to mess them up. And realizing mm. that every 
person inherits trauma. Trauma is not some badge of honor that we get to have when we have more intense experiences than everybody else. Because when you're three years old and your brainwaves are in a lower state, you interpret things as catastrophic, even when they're not. A significant emotional event doesn't have to be a big deal by anybody else's standards, but it can greatly affect your life. So there are things people go in and they release the most trivial stuff and they're crying about it. And and, and if we can get rid of the shame around that, right? Right. So number one is a parent understanding that whatever your, your children are dealing with, it's no fault of yours, but it now is your responsibility and their responsibility to take charge of their health, which I think kids are going to have even more power now as they grow up to do that. Because the processes I use with clients are becoming more and more and more expansive. And I mm-hmm. actually have, I have the qualification now to build my own certification course, which I'm starting to work on and building that message, teaching these right. processes to kids. They're stupid, simple. A child could do it. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, what an effective tool to learn very early on and understanding that the, that emotion, like you said, maybe coming from generations that, you know, back and, and not generations, but, you know, past lifetimes. So, you know, to answer that question for the, the viewer is I like how you said, first and foremost, get yourself right. Yeah. You know, as a mom, if we aren't taking care of ourselves and we're not right, we're never going to be able to step into that right place with our children. But then treating it like going to the bathroom, if it, you know, if it's not appropriate to do it out in public, you know, but create that safe space for them, exactly. you know, to be able to handle that in the privacy of their own home, their own room, mm-hmm. um, you know, where wherever that may lie. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. We were talking about um, so we know. What do you say then? Okay, I'm having a temper tantrum because, come on, we as adults have them too. These are not limited to Mm -hmm. just children. Oh, we do it in a different way. And our part of our brain is still seven years old. So we are literally having temper tantrums. We just, we do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to watch. (laughs) How do we say, okay, this is not the time or the place, you know, to have this. So mm-hmm. I, I need to, I need to kind of, okay, let's put this on the back burner and we're going to come back to it when we're at a more appropriate time. Now's the appropriate time. Mm-hmm. What, what steps do you have that, that people can walk through? And, and first of all, let me say, if you're new to this, you definitely want somebody working through this with you. Yeah. You don't want to be doing this on, on your own. Um, that's for starters, but, uh, but are there things that they can do? Yes. Uh, I mean, so the processes that I use are pretty easy to learn once you do, but, uh, definitely requires facilitation. And I still right. have friends, friends of mine who, you know, are in the same field. We, we speak often and we facilitate for each other yes. because that's so important. Uh, but the first step, like I said earlier was to identify what you're even feeling. If you're feeling emotional and you don't know what it is, you can't say, Hey, let's release this anger or, you know, and especially as a woman acknowledging anger, I had some strong resentment and some strong frustration and some strong irritability for years. But if you ask me, am I an angry person? I would never say yes. Right. I was in the gym lifting these heavy weights like this. She got some anger, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. the first thing is boiling it down to, and when it comes to positive emotion, we don't need to release those. They don't have a negative effect. In fact, positive emotion is like a building block, which is why we practice gratitude. For example, it's not just right. to write it on paper. It's to elicit a physical emotional response, which you can feel swelling in your chest. 
your internal biochemistry is shifting. The problem is if, if we do that without taking out the bad stuff, then it, there isn't much ground to build on, right? Right. So right. yeah, I mean, quantum time technique is, an, is a form of timeline therapy, which you, you usually begin with the emotion itself. And then you go through a process where you let your unconscious mind speak, which is mm-hmm. why it is definitely something to begin with somebody else until you're really, mm-hmm. really tuned in. Because one of the hard parts is letting your conscious mind go to sleep. You have to let your body knows the truth. Your unconscious mind knows the truth. But if you feel like you're making it up, you're going to freak yourself out and you're not going to say what really comes to you. Uh, Yeah. So like I've had, it just comes quick. It's like, okay, was this emotion trapped in my lifetime or a past life? Or um, was this emotion trapped before or after my birth or even during, be during your birth or during your, while you're in the womb, that's really common as well. Uh, Before. Uh, was it genealogical or past life? It could be either uh, genealogical. And then you know, I've had visions of my mother's lifetime, things that mm. I think have she has experienced that I have stored in my body. Right. Memory. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so you go through that and then you essentially you take the learnings and then the charge is removed. Usually you have a physical response and it's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, how, it, you know, Bam, bam, bam. I mean, we yeah. can walk on through this and and not have to spend, I don't know, years with yep. a counselor or therapist, years on uh, psychotropic drugs, you know, yep. years, uh, which have their own side effects. And not, okay, guys out there, I'm not saying that all these things are bad. There might be a time and a place where somebody absolutely needs to be on something as they're healing their body and moving through, you know, situations. Mm-hmm. So um, please know that I'm not saying, you know, no drugs are, are uh, yeah. the, an- the answer. They, I, you know, my answer is always to get the farthest away from the amount of pharmaceuticals that I have to put in my body. Yeah. And I was actually having this conversation this morning. If you're more interested in that, in actually the root of um, those kinds of drugs, you can read The Body Keeps the Score. I forgot the author. Um, Mm. Talks about the lots of PTSD research, the beginning Mm of basically, yeah, brain chemistry altering drugs like antidepressants and SSRIs. Mm -hmm. I personally... Since I was seven years old, I was on Zoloft and then most of my adult life, Lexapro. And it wasn't until recently that I fully came off after really, to be honest, releasing my shit, <laughs> doing this yeah. work. And yeah. for me, the understanding is that these medications were developed to help people have a quality of life at all while they were then going in and healing the stuff. The problem is that we're not going in and healing the stuff. We're only taking the pills. The pill is supposed to help you while you're doing the work. But now we get in the doctor's office. It's great because the more you take, the more regularly you take it, the more money the pharmaceuticals make and they get you out of the office. So I went through several years of taking antidepressants without having any kind of therapy or any kind of um, approach that really helped me. And that shouldn't even be allowed in my opinion, but it's allowed because it's really lucrative. Right. Well, it's the same thing. You could look at that, Megan, with, um, you know, high blood pressure medication, you know, type two diabetes medication. You could look at it with, uh, you know, cholesterol, you know, pills. Mm -hmm. I love how you said it's designed to help you while the body heals and, and you create these other lifestyle habits. Unfortunately, we're taking A, but not B. Right. 
you know, in the whole gamut, in the whole mm-hmm. gamut, that's a, just a really easy way to break that down. Oh my word. And this um, becomes like so much more than just physical health, right? I've like, it's a big tree with branches. I've seen clients heal oh. from 24 years of chronic eczema because of one unresolved emotion about separation from a mother. I've seen dry eye syndrome clear up. I've seen people start making money in their business. I've seen people lose weight after being extremely obese for years and not being able to. And yeah, coming off of antidepressants. And I've seen people, I mean, I haven't done this personally, but I have seen and spoken to people who have healed from cancer and several types of autoimmune disorders as well. Uh, yeah. What a what a great tool. Megan, um, how can people get a hold of you? I, I know that there are people listening right now and they're and they're like, I, I need, you know, to go through yeah. uh, you know, this with the facilitator so that I can, you know, release this uh this stuff. So tell us how we mm-hmm. can get a hold of you. Yeah, I'm on Facebook as Megan Robitaille. That's where a lot of people will reach out. Instagram is Megan.robitaille. Okay. Um, super, super simple. And then you can also email me at Megan W Robitaille at gmail.com. And any of those places, I'll answer you. If you check in my Instagram or Facebook bio, there's a link tree. And you can also click a link directly from there to just set up a consult call. If you were okay. just like ready to get on the phone and you can, there's a little application to fill out and then I'll reach out to you and we'll, and we'll just talk about what the best fit would be. I, I love that because I am an absolute firm believer that our emotions are just wreaking havoc on our bodies um, when we have those trapped emotions. And I really, really um, yeah. love the idea of being able to release these trapped emotions. So I appreciate that, Megan. Um, I do want to ask you if you could give your top toxin-free lifestyle tip, mm. what would that be? Cry more. Oh, let yourself cry, move your body and cry. Think of how many ways you encourage movement through the body, optimize digestion, optimize physical movement, water intake and crying. If it feels like it's got to happen, I don't care if you have to leave the room. Like, and so many of us, we, we don't even, it doesn't even come upon us anymore because we like have pushed it down for so long. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to even like make ourselves cry. So try to open yourself up in all of the ways you can to maybe set an alarm on your phone three times a day. I did this for a while. Huh? What am I feeling right now? And then try to put a word to it and try to boil it down to one of those top six. If you can. Yeah. Fear is just anxiety is just fear. For example, things like that. Yeah. Right. Right. I love that. What do you, what would you like to leave our listeners with us? We're rolling out. I I've got. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah, just, I mean, as much as you can continue to believe that everything that you need to heal yourself, no matter how dire the circumstances is within you, it is Mm. knowing that and believing that is the way that will change it. So start really stepping up and being an advocate for your health beyond just listening to doctors or asking them about medications or stepping out of the office, do your research because your quality of life there. I, I see people every day have no idea how good they can feel because they don't even know what it feels like to feel good. They're not, you know, they're not used to it. We have normalized not feeling well. Yeah. Uh, And I I believe that 100%, you know, when we say, especially I'm, I'm plus 50. So I hear all the time, uh, you know, well, it's just part of getting older. Well, all my friends, you know, and it's like, no, 
no, no, no, no, no. It is not just part of getting older. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's a lie that you've been told and you can have, you know, a, a good life. Again, yeah. what a, <laughs> what a joy visiting. I, we could just go on and on and I on. I know, <laughs> we really could. Our, yeah. our time is up. So I think that's Amy quit on, uh, it just says Facebook user. Can you please send me? Yeah. And we will. And, um, all of the, I, I did write down all of the points of context and we'll make sure those are in the show notes for everyone, which you can get to through transformingwomenshealth.com. The podcast, uh, the actual physical podcast will air next Monday. So thank you everybody to tuning in to another episode and we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator, and we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one -on -one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.